We're just praying to our Lord Jesus, and uh, I hope we continue in prayer and, and worship for him. Uh, today, today's Father's Day. I do not have a Father's Day sermon, but uh, I was thinking what I could say of a word of encouragement. I, I noticed early as when we just arrived here, the little ones, they're delightful calling out. Did you notice that? I think. I think they're listening for the echo of their voice in this in a place like this. <laughs> and I saw a, a, a little one reach out for the dad's hand with a big smile on his face, and uh, I realized some of you are right in the just in in the uh, busyness of raising young children. God bless you. God bless you, dads. Um, I thought of Joseph, and uh, I've wondered about this before. Why, why was it that Joseph turned out so well? And his, his, the record of his life in the Bible is, is almost flawless. And uh, just wonder what, what the impact was of his father who loved him dearly. And then I thought of his brothers and sisters, and there's record there of just some great failures by, uh, like Reuben and Judah, and what was the daughter's name? Was it Dinah, I think? And uh, a lot of the children had major, major problems. And wonder how it impacted them that the, their dad didn't love them so well. And so I don't, you know, I don't know how. And what, what, yeah, how that influenced the children. I'm surely it had some impact. But, so I'm just encouraging you, you uh, dads, to to love your uh, each child dearly, and uh, with with the Holy Spirit, there will be love to go around <laughs> to everyone, our children. Um, Jesus said, I am the vine, I am the true vine. And I'm going to try to, this is from John 15. I'm trying to emphasize this morning that without Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. Jesus said, except you abide in me, and I knew uh, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Uh, this is John 15, already in the Gospel of John, Jesus had said, I am the Messiah. That when the woman, he was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, she, she said something about the Messiah, and Jesus said, I am he, I am the Messiah. He also said, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger again. He said, I am from above, I am the eternal one, before Abraham was, I am. He said, I am the light of the world, I am the door, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd gives his life for his, the sheep, I am the son of God, I am the resurrection and life, I am the Lord and master, all this he said in the Gospel of John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And now in John 15, Jesus said, I am the true vine. And uh, 
Aren't you moved to worship Jesus this morning? Uh, he also said in the Revelation that I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. And amazing to us today is that Jesus, who is all these things that he says he is and more, offers you and I a relationship with himself. He offers you an opportunity to be connected with him. And this connection will be life-giving, life-changing, life-empowering, and fruit-producing. I'd like to read the first 16 verses of John 15. Notice how often the word abide or some form of the word abide is used in uh, the scripture. John 15, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy um, might be full. This is, my, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his master Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, that ye should go forth, uh, that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask in, of the fathers in my name, that he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Now Jesus says here, I am the true vine. Let's think about a grapevine. Uh, the vine. The vine is the, the main stem of the, the grape plant. 
The vine carries water and nutrients from the roots uh, up to the branches. Uh, The roots take it from the soil and then the vine carries it to the branches throughout the whole plant. The branches are connected to the vine stem and any life, strength or vigor or beauty or fruitfulness that that the branches are able to produce all, all come from the, the source of the sap that the vine gives to the branches. And if a branch is separated from the vine, it, it will wither and die, just the way it is. <laughs> the branch cannot survive on, on its own, cannot continue to live, and certainly couldn't bear any fruit. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is a source of our spiritual life, of our spiritual health, and our spiritual fruitfulness. He said, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. Jesus said, I am the true vine. He's no no counterfeit, he's no pretender, he's the real vine. And uh, anyone who's connected to Jesus uh, also will not be a pretender or a hypocrite. The person connected to the true vine, Jesus Christ, will be an authentic disciple of Christ and will produce genuine fruit. In the Old Testament, Israel was often called the, uh, the vine. But too often, uh, they weren't really the true vine. Listen to the prophet Jeremiah. He wrote, I planted you like a choice vine of of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn against me into a corrupt wild vine? Isaiah wrote, God had a vineyard on a fertile hill. He tilled it and cleared the stones and planted choicest vines. He looked for a crop of good grapes but the vine yielded only bad fruit. The vineyard of the the Lord is the house of Israel. God looked for justice, but saw bloodshed. He looked for righteousness, but heard cries of distress. See, Israel as a nation was supposed to bring uh, God's word of salvation to the world, but so often they failed him. But now Jesus Christ is the true vine and with his disciples, with his branches, his followers, his disciples, he shows the world his goodness and his glory and he he shows the world the salvation that he offers to everyone. I am the true vine. And Jesus said, my father is the husbandman. Jesus' father, our heavenly father is the husband of this vineyard. He's the owner. Uh, He supplies the son. Jesus often said, I only only do the will of my father. He says here that that uh, what the father tells me, I'll tell you all the things that he tells me. I've kept my father's commandments. All All the things I've heard from my father I've made known to you. So our Heavenly Father is the tireless caretaker of the vineyard. 
He loves his son. He loves the true branches of Jesus' disciples. And he, he loves for the branches to bear fruit. He is patient and long-suffering, and he is the righteous judge. If there's a branch that not bear fruit, this scripture says, if it's not really, uh, if it's not bearing fruit, proving that it's not really attached to the vine, uh, the Heavenly Father will take it away. That's verse 2. Verse 6, if a man does not abide in the vine, that branch is cast away into the fire and burned. Our Heavenly Father is always accurate and, and in his judgment of what branch he cuts off. He ne he ne but then he never lops off a branch that is truly attached, nor does he leave a fruitless branch that's only appearing to be attached or pretending to be attached. Our Father knows these kinds of things. Our Father never cuts off a person who has genuine faith in Christ. Our Heavenly Father also prunes, this is verse 2 and 3, He also prunes the fruit-bearing branches so that they will bear much fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, He purges it, that it might bring forth more fruit. Verse 3 describes this process as cleansing. How does, how does our Heavenly Father do the, the pruning and the cleansing? Well, he cuts away, uh, a person that cares for a vineyard would cut away the dead, dead leaves and the dead things, trim away excess foliage that would that take away the nutrients from the branches that will really bear fruit. That's, that's, what, that's similar to what our Heavenly Father does to us. He is, the pruning knife is safe in his hands. He he, uh, there's never been a vine dresser so wise and so capable as our Heavenly Father. He knows just what to cut away, <laughs> and uh, he does it well. How does he prune us? Remember, remember, the purpose of the pruning is so that that branch will bear more fruit, be more fruitful. Well, one way is he, he, he prunes us by his word. Verse 3, now, you've, now you're clean because of the word I've spoken unto you. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is laid before, before the eyes of him to whom we give account. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Our Heavenly Father uses his word to, to prune us and to cleanse us and to make us more fruitful. And when we submit to God's good hand of pruning, uh, we're on our way to fruitfulness. He uses the knife of his word. Another way our Heavenly Father prunes us is through trials and suffering. And I'm not sure that it talks exactly about that in the scripture, but in other places it's clear that God uses trials and suffering to, 
to make us better and to make us more fruitful. Hebrews 12.10, God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. He, he purifies us by the circumstances he places us in. Through trials, he weans us from the world and he takes away the things that hinder us and distract us through, through, through suffering. He brings us to, to our knees, uh, praying for help from him. You, are you learning that in light of how much you need him? <laughs> and and uh, you're just your daily walk. If we, if we, if we respond well to trials, our, our hearts will be softened. And we'll be made more compassionate for others that are suffering. God has a way of, of teaching us to be humble and to be dependent on him for everything. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So by the word of God and trials of life, God uses those uh, dynamics to make us more fruitful well, let's think about what, what is the fruit that God is looking for from us? Well, he wants us to yield the fruit of repentance and bring forth works worthy of repentance, turning away from sin and turning towards God. He wants, wants to produce in, us, produce in us a growing faith in, in Jesus Christ. He wants to produce in us godly character and hol, uh, holiness of life and conduct. He wants to produce in us by the power of the Holy Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He wants to crucify the sinful nature. This, this is from Galatians uh, is it 5 or 6 where the fruit, fruit of the Spirit is listed. Crucifying the sinful nature, living in step with the Spirit, not being conceited, not envying one another. God uses his, the power of his Holy Spirit in our lives to produce this good fruit. The Holy Spirit is, is what gives us the new birth, changes the, the heart, takes the throne in our soul, shapes our attitudes and, and our, the desire of our hearts. And that produces then good deeds and words and acts of compassion. I think in a word we could say that what God wants to produce in us uh, is Christ-likeness. I noticed in verse 16 it says that God chosen, has chosen us and appointed us to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And that made me think of Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Surely that describes pruning, doesn't it? Works for good and those that love him. For those God for, that God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Another essential for uh, bearing good fruit is abiding in Jesus. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. 
He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth, forth much fruit, but without me you can do nothing. Abide in me, for without me you can do nothing. What is this abiding? The NIV Bible calls it remaining. The Amplified Bible says vitally, being vitally united to me. Let's think about what abiding in Jesus is not. It is not the inadequate thread of mere confession, just uh, making a confession or profession, uh, profession that you believe in Christ. It's not merely giving assent to a creed. It's not an isolated spiritual past spiritual experience. It's not merely belonging to a church. It's not just appearing to be attached to Jesus Christ or pretending to be. Here's what it is. Abiding in Jesus is to have a deep and constant faith and communion with Jesus. Abiding in, in Jesus is a close relationship with him. I read this quote of, of a J.C. Ryle. He was an Anglican bishop. I think, think it was in the late 1800s, a long time ago. Here's what he wrote. He said, Cling. He, he said, this is what Jesus is saying. Cling to me. Stick fast to me. Live life in close and intimate communion with me. Get nearer get near and nearer to me. Roll every burden on me. Cast your whole weight on me. Never let go of me for one minute. Describing this uh, close, constant, in intimate relationship with Jesus. Here's kind of the picture I give. This, this abiding is not like a person who just has a light hand on the vine and then he's, he's just trying to live his own, live his own life. This, this would be like a person who just clutches to the vine. Uh, holds on for dear life, depending on the vine for life itself. Jesus said, I'm the true vine. Without me, you can do nothing. This relationship with Jesus is a reciprocal relationship. It's, it's a mutual relationship. It's a back and forth relationship. Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. For Jesus to abide in us, we need to allow him to increasingly be the Lord and life giver that he is. This abiding involves giving our attention to him, our devotion to him, listening to him through his word, and taking time to just rest in silence before him to hear him speak. It's praying to him, and it's listening. And it's listening to the sweet, persistent voice of his Holy Spirit as he nudges us to, to change our heart, change the way we think, renew our mind, and to change the way we live and love others. This abiding in Christ and fruit-bearing uh, for Christ include loving him. It's a love relationship. And obeying him. He said in verse 9 and 10, verse 12, 
and verse 17. All those verses talk about love. Let me read parts of these verses. As the Father hath loved me, so I have so I have loved you, continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I keep my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 12, I'll read verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that your joy might remain in you, my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. And then verse 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. So love and obedience go hand in hand. Abiding in Christ is a love relationship. If we love him, we will obey him. I'll illustrate this with a personal story. I think this was, did it happen last fall or the fall, fall before? I did something fairly uncharacteristic. Of me, I was. I cleaned out the silage truck. We were getting ready for this big project, cutting silage. The man was coming in, and that's always a very busy time. Anyway, I was all my former diet Mountain Dew cans and lunch wrappers and lots of things were in there. But under the seat, I found a pornographic magazine, which this uh, Glenn had bought this truck. It was an old garbage truck that we had put it silage body on. But anyway, here, here, I was, here I was confronted with this temptation. And there's, there's plenty of times that I sometimes wonder, what is God saying? Is it this or this? Or am I hearing him clearly? But this time I heard it. It wasn't an audible voice, but it's about as clear as I've ever heard God speak. And here, uh, the Spirit speak, and he said, uh, the Spirit said to me, do you love your wife? Do you love me? And... Uh, I knew what he meant, and so I th threw it in the trash along with everything else and headed off to the wood stove with joy because I'd, uh, I had been empowered to, to love, uh, love God and obey him. I believe love is, I'm not sure if I'm saying the right words or not, but could we say that love is the essential fruit? First Corinthians 13 says, except you love, you have done nothing. Love for our Heavenly Father, love for His Son, love for others. The Father loves me, Jesus said. I have, lo I have loved you, continue in my love. Love one another as I have loved you. How great is Jesus' love? Well, we, we know it by the cross that he, he laid down his life for us. No greater love has no one ever had than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Our Heavenly Father loves us. And uh, he loves, the, he loved the world so much that he gave his son for for us. Jesus loves us. Uh, we, we, we can just bask in, in the love of God, our Heavenly Father and His Son for us. And we love Him in return. And He enables us to love people as He loves them.
Another thing Jesus teaches in this, this scripture is that our Heavenly Father is glorified when we bear much fruit. Verse 8, Here's my, herein must, is my Father glorified if you bear much fruit. When we are Christ-like, when we live as Christ lives, when we love our neighbors, when we bear all the other good fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, God is glorified. Jesus said in another place, let your lights shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Abiding in, in Christ and fruit bearing affect our prayers. They make our prayers, uh, abiding in, in Jesus make, make our prayers effective. This is in verse 7. Ask what you will, it shall be, if you abide in me, I in you. Uh, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Verse 16, uh, that whatsoever you ask in the Father's name, he may give it to you. You see, when we, when we abide in Jesus, and Jesus says here that he's telling us all the things that the Father told him. He's, we're, not, we're not just servants, we're friends to Jesus Christ. A servant just goes about the day, that one day, and, and follows the master's commands for the day. But our, our master, our friend, uh, gives us the big picture of what God wants and what, what God is doing in the world, what he wants to do in our lives, what he wants to do in the lives of others. And so God is showing us these things. So when we understand the uh, abiding Jesus, we, we come to understand the, the, the will of God and the purposes of God and the plan of God. And so those things become our prayers. They become the desire of our heart where we're asking God to do these, to perform these things that he has plans for. And we become a part of what, what he's doing in the world. And so then our, our prayers become the, the will of God and the, the promises of God. Those are the things we express back to God. And those are the prayers he will answer. Not, not the self-centered kind of prayers that I sometimes pray. But I'm learning. We all learn how to pray. Well, I'm just concluding. I'll review a little bit what Jesus said. Jesus is the true vine. He is the life giver. Our Heavenly Father owns the vineyard. He is the caretaker. He is interested in fruit. If a branch doesn't have fruit, it, it proves it's not attached and he'll take it away, throw it in the fire. His judgments are always accurate. He never takes away a branch that is truly connected by faith in Christ. Our Father pr pr prunes the fruit-bearing branches so there'll be more fruit. He used the sharp sword of his word to cleanse us, cutting away inferior things distracting things, doing surgery to the, the impure thoughts and intents of the heart. He places us in trials and sufferings to purify us too, to teach us to depend on him, teach us to be compassionate. The fruit our Heavenly Father wants is the fruit of the, fruit of the Spirit, and especially he wants us to love. He wants holy character and a godly life. 
a life of good words and compassionate deeds. Abiding in Jesus is essential to fruit bearing, for, he's the, for he is the vine. Abiding in Jesus is not mere profession or appearances or pretense or isolated spiritual experience. It's a deep and constant faith and communion with Jesus Christ, communicating with him in his word and in prayer and in attentive silence before him, living constantly in his presence. Our Father is glorified when we bear good fruit. The gospel is enhanced and furthered and the kingdom built when Christians live that way making the gospel attractive to those who don't know Christ. Love is the essential fruit. Loving Jesus, if we love Jesus, we'll keep his commands, especially the one to love one another. Obedience to Jesus brings joy. Abiding in Jesus, he tells us all the things that the Father has told him. And his, God's will and purposes then become our prayers and God will answer our prayers. God bless you. Let's have a song.